Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zanker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, uh, partnering with Hope Fellowship, your community church in Elmira, Ontario. Um, I'm glad you're taking time to join me today because I want to share something really cool today. Uh, If you notice the picture at the start of the program, uh, it's a panel discussion on forgiveness. At the beginning of 2022, we had a, a profound conference. It was absolutely incredible. It went deeper, faster than I ever expected it to. Uh, it was richer than I ever expected it to be. Um, I loved it. Uh, it's probably going to be one of the best all-time recordings on the topic of forgiveness. And hopefully we'll get to do another one again. Because I think Healing Life's Hurts doesn't just... Um, surround itself around the topic of forgiveness, but there's grief and loss and mental health, uh, knowing your identity. Uh, these kinds of things all speak to uh, healing life's hurts. And so we're going to try and expand on that over the next year or two. Um, I had really wanted to have a conference uh, uh, in November, which is now over, um, as well as in uh, uh, January. But Paul Gray was, <laughs> he was supposed to be part of that. And we were starting to have those discussions and suddenly he passed away and <clears throat> just kind of, well, took the wind out of my sails and had to recalibrate. Um, so uh, I'm just putting it off. I have to just trust that that's, that's, that's the way it's going to go. Um, but I wanted to share one of the discussions. I think we had two or three panel discussions uh, in that conference. It was, it ran three weeks on, I think it was Thursday nights. It was like four hours every Thursday night. It was a lot. Uh, might even been four weeks. Come to think of it, I think it was. It was a lot of content, much more than I expected. Um, however, uh, I want to start sharing some of those panel discussions because I know the sessions were amazing. The di- different contributors were just fantastic. However, the panel discussions, when we all get together and have a chat about what the particular topic was, um, I think is, is has equal or sometimes more value because some questions are asked about the content of one of the speakers and it was really, really good. So you're going to meet some of my favorite people today uh, in this video. Um, as soon as I t- started to watch it again, I went, oh my goodness, look who's all in this panel. This is great. So I hope you'll enjoy this rich conversation. I think it's only half hour, 40 minutes. <clears throat> it's not too, too long. But it's good. So uh, chime in. Let me know you're watching. And I'll be watching with you live. Uh, and uh, hearing this again, probably for the first time since the conference. I only started it to see which, which video it was. I did not go through and cheat and listen ahead of time. But um, Safi Kaskas is in it. He wrote um, a translation of the Quran as it relates to Scripture. And uh, a unique lens. It definitely raised the eyebrows of a lot of people that didn't see that coming in the conference. Uh, But if it makes you teachable, 
Oh my goodness, good. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. So uh, let us uh, jump right into this. I think you're going to love this next uh, panel discussion. And if it uh, goes well, we might show another one next week. Here we go. Thank you so much. I'm going to invite all the panelists in. Safi is coming in right now. Catherine Toon's sneaking in and Anna's coming in because her session's in, uh, in right after Brad Jerzak today. So uh, this is going to be a thrill. Richard Murray, yep, get your glasses on. I see you. And uh, Bill Thrasher. And we're waiting for two more. Uh, Paul Gray, click the link. And Rainey, click the link uh, if you're still there. Um, you may have to re-click it just in case. So, oh, there he is, Paul Gray. Oh, here comes Paul Gray. Look out. We got... We got the musician in the house. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, I am thrilled all of you are here. Safi, thank you for that conversation. Uh, You're welcome. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't I don't want to overemphasize it, but I, I need to. That conversation, the Christian world must hear. And those that are listening to this conversation in the conference, um, most of them are, are already hungry for more. And so the way you captured and, and made bridges to the Bible and, and again, I, I loved it. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to let me do a quick hello to all of our other panelists right now. And then hopefully I think we have one more we're expecting tonight. So, Catherine, thank you for tonight. That was really, really good. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. And yeah, I loved it because I did sort of a lot of, uh, you know, how we have to forgive God and then Rainy Father forgiving ourselves, just kind of a little bit of a focus um, of things that we struggle with just as human beings. I just what? We do not. I, you know, I'm so glad you're so sanctified. It's so awesome. <laughs> Lay hands on me. Okay, moving on quickly. Anna, <laughs> I am so, just as she puts food in her mouth or a drink, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the waiter coming up to your table. How's the food? And you just shoved your mouth full. Sorry, I had to do that. Anna, I am so looking forward to the conversation of your story tonight. Um, and I'm thrilled you're part of this. Richard, thank you for being here. Um, uh, I know you're not on tonight. I think you're on next week. Um, but to have you part of this, because you have been a major influence in this conference, actually being possible to happen. Same with Bill. So thank you both of you for being part of this. And Paul Gray, dude, love you, man. <laughs> you too. Oh, oh, look at this. Rainy shows up. Oh, my goodness, dude. My friend. The, uh, we need an interpreter. Does anybody speak in tongues so we can interpret him? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I speak. I speak Southern. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't believe how many comments I got. I said, well, I can't understand what he's saying. It's like, I love his accent. <laughs> And then Rainey says, I don't have an accent. You do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All of you, what'd you hear tonight? And let's talk about this. Having Safi here is a, a unique privilege. So yeah. if you have questions or comments, I I'd love to direct them to him. Uh, Catherine, I loved your conversation. If you happen to remember what you talked about last week about speaking from um, not from the consciousness or gender, but from, I forget what it was. I can't remember the wording. It was so, so good. But if that comes oh, up, let's goodness. do it. I'm waiting for the download to remember. And if it doesn't come tonight, come. it'll, it'll yes, come. It'll, there'll be a time yep. for it. 
<laughs> All right. Let you banter. If you catch somebody starting, let them finish, and then we'll we'll banter back and forth in a fair way. We'd love to hear your feedback. Mr. Safi. Hi. Yes, Good evening. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much. I I was the one that said I now want you as my best friend. Um, I had I had a seminary class. It was a cross cultural seminary class, and it was on the 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 ethics of Islam, yes. and it was beautiful. I've never read the Quran. I've deployed to many Middle Eastern countries having the poetic beautiful writings and how they were explained was life-changing and what you just said about about the womb i just i wanted to throw myself on the ground and say this this i've been waiting for this it's called a convulsion <laughs> I was touched. Mr. Rainey understands that I was touched because that is something that that um, I, as a Roman Catholic, was never taught. That would have never been said, ever. So to, to have that gifted upon us, and me especially, as an, as an older angry woman at this point in my life, I welcome that and I thank you for that so much. It was beautiful. The ninety-nine names of God. That oh my gosh! I don't know how many times I went over that in in the class. The, yes. It was just gorgeous. My Baptist and Pentecostal background is also mystified by what was shared, and to me, as he shared, it's like something's really true here that we have missed and we're never mm -hmm. told. Uh, let me add, uh, and that uh, there is a small out of the ordinary something that happened with this book. After I uh, published it in English, uh, God sent me someone who offered to translate it into Italian. And oh, you know where this is going. <laughs> suddenly, I had an appointment to see the Pope. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. That's, that's, the, the night that book was printed and I received the first copy. The next morning, I went to see the Pope and I handed him the book in Italian. Actually, he thought he's meeting some Americans and the book must be in English. So he, he took it. Before he came, they said, never touch the Pope. Whatever you do, don't touch the Pope. So he took the book. Suddenly he saw the Italian uh, up front. Then he opened it and he started reading. Then turned other pages and started reading. Then he started reading some more. He stood right there about 10 minutes. Oh. No exaggeration. And people are looking and they start getting worried. And he had somebody next to him uh, again, antsy, you know, they're not knowing what, what to say or what to it's do. called ADHD. And then the, I, I was wondering during that time, what am I going to tell him when he finished reading and look at me? Then suddenly he closed the book, looked at me and say, pray for me. Oh. Wow. I uh, was so humbled. It's unbelievable. 
Then he started walking and my wife screamed, we always pray for you. We are Muslims and we love Jesus. He turned around and came back. He held our hands. He held my hand and my wife's hand. And he said, we have the same father. Wow. To me, that's the bridge that said it all. You know, there is nothing beyond that. So we, so it was a nice experience I wanted to share with you. And the book now, it's translated to several languages. You know, so uh, uh, for instance, one of these languages is Yamalayam. Have you ever heard of Yamalayam? It's the language of Kerala in India. Wow. Kerala is a, uh, it's a state that has Muslims and Christians. And this is where strategically I try to put the book. We want both to read it and both to understand that we are not competing we're complimenting each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the end, God is not that he is not going to declare a winner and say, now here's the... No. God is... <laughs> it's not about that. God loves all of us. He wants all of us uh, to live eternally with him. But those who listens to him, who listens to his guidance, who chose him with their free will, will definitely... He promised that they will definitely be with him. And those who refuse to listen, refuse to obey, refuse to uh, do his will on earth, that's their problem. By the way, no one is forcing anybody to do anything. People can still change their mind anytime as long as they're still breathing. And that's what the Quran teaches. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. So most of us in this uh, that are watching know who Brad Jerzak is. He's a, he's a, a wonderful friend. Yes. Um, how did you connect with him? Because that's how I met you. Uh, yes, actually, uh, heart-wise, this is, the, you know, heart-to-heart. This is how the connection. He noticed this guy talks about Jesus constantly uh, and does it in a meaningful way. And so not condemning way or yeah, dismissive. Or, uh, look, uh, to me, talking about Jesus is not because I want to appease my neighborhood, the Americans who are mostly evangelical, who lives around me. <laughs> Jesus is very important to me. Let me make a statement that many people might not understand. As far as I'm concerned, Jesus is a perfect Muslim because Islam means to submit your will to God's will. And I don't know anybody who was sinless, who was the spirit of God, as, as the Quran teaches, the word of God, who obeyed his destiny to the last minute. Remember in the garden of the Gethsemane, he was, you know, asking, Father, please spare me this. But then he did what he was supposed to do. So to me, he totally submitted himself to the will of God. Yeah. That's, you know, as That's really cool. Concerned, he's I- a perfect Muslim. Because I, I caught the same thing that uh, Brad caught in you in your heart, which is really cool. And I loved how you, you did the bridge of forgiveness from the Quran that I never had a clue about. So I would love to open up to the others in the, in the panel 
to, to talk about what they heard tonight or or anything else that may go, even ask you a question. But let's let's kind of let me ma- let me say else. something before I don't I want to be as transparent as possible. I am not representing the majority of Muslims. Hmm. There is no I such believe thing. That. Yeah, there is no such thing. Uh, Muslims are very diversified. There is nowhere in the Quran where there is a high priest that we have to listen to and obey. What I'm trying to do today is try to re-explain Islam based on what I understand the Quran to teach. For instance, the root root of the word uh, uh, Islam is Silm, three letters. And Silm means peace. So any Muslim who doesn't understand his name to mean a peacemaker should have a problem. If you are a Muslim and don't understand your role as a peacemaker, you need to think about about another name. Because Mm -hmm. a Muslim means a peacemaker. So if you don't know how to be a peacemaker, if you were not raised to be a peacemaker, please either let me know, I'll help, or go find out (laughs) someone who can take you by the hand and show you how to be a peacemaker. We are on this planet to make peace. You you just made my point. Because in my growing up, and I said that at the beginning of the interview, that the religious Western world, my Baptist roots and my Pentecostal roots and all the denominations I've been a part of, um, we've seen Muslims as the evil ones. And then 9-11 happened, which you addressed. And so to see that there's something we've not been told, that has been the gift you've given us so far. Thank you. Thank you. Whether we agree or not, it's not the point. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone else, let's let's get into this. Let's get some comments and and free flying uh, uh, conversation going. What'd you hear? What'd you like? What what do you have a question about? Well, well, blessed are the peacemakers, right? They shall be called sons of God, right? And so, I love that we are all our sons and daughters of God, and that's beautiful. That is Thank beautiful. And I think that's kind of the theme that I heard interwoven yes, uh, yes. throughout what you shared. Um, and that is, that is beautiful. Yes, so, um, yeah, yeah. To go back to Brad for a second, I made a statement once on Facebook. I said, if a Muslim and a Christian have a friendship, being with each other and honoring that friendship is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. That statement mm-hmm. captured Brad's imagination. And he called me. He said, what do you mean by that? And then we had an interview, he and I, talking about why uh, celebrating our friendship is an act of worship. See, when everybody look at you as an enemy, mm-hmm. and all you want to do is explain, listen, I'm simply a good neighbor, just... Give me a chance to prove it. And then someone open his heart to you. This practice is basically an act of worship because you bring in peace into your heart, into the other person's heart, into the neighborhood you're living in, and you're setting an example for others to follow. And to me, this is a precious act of worship, just being friends. Well, that's what we're called to do, isn't it? That's that's the community we're asked to form. That's the bond we're asked to reinforce. 
day in, day out, not, well, excuse me, let me figure out what to label you before I can determine whether or not I can talk to you. It is simply my heart to your heart. We are under love. How is your day? And go from there. And, and that's how we walk together as a community. And I think we were, I was blabbering on to um, Mike about that while listening to his, his forgiveness series or his grieving series. I can't remember. I was blathering on about something. But it was that form of community that we were created to simply be with as God is with us and wants to be with us yes. and pass that along in infinitely. Well, when that uh, slick Pharisee came and asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment trying to entrap him? And Jesus talked about loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and all your strength. And the second one like it, to love your neighbor like yourself. Uh, basically, these two greatest commandments are the foundation of everything in Islam. Muhammad taught similar, uh, similar uh, values. Uh, the Quran taught similar values. And I'm trying to put emphasis on these values so more Muslims will not be entrapped with what we... Extremism. Uh, with, with what we learned, the sediments that we're building over the years. Now remember, the Muslim words lived under various kind of colonialism and built a lot of resentment basically to western people and to western ideas and usually the colonial people always came and right behind them came the missionaries Jomo mm Kenyatta -hmm. of Kenya said we had the land and the missionary had the bible and they asked us to close our eyes to pray when we open our eyes they had the land and we had the Bible. I mean, we, we people are not uh, are not dumb. You know, maybe they're poor, maybe they're not educated, but God gave each one of us enough consciousness and enough intellect mm -hmm. to understand the world they're living in. So, uh, all um, what I'm trying to tell you, all these sediments that we're building up. I would love to have a heavy brush and mm -hmm. get on everybody's heart and try to <laughs> rinse them with prayers, with being God conscious, with love, with understanding. If each one of us, if each one of the Muslims in the United States try to be a peacemaker and a good neighbor, which is not what Jesus only told him, it's what the Quran tells him, what Muhammad tried to teach him, and what Jesus uh, uh, taught. So if we try to be that example to our neighbors here in the States, and if we can together build understanding and build bridges, we will be an example to the world. This is the only place where we can practice our faith freely. I lived in Saudi Arabia for 30 years. I did my translation secretly of the Quran in Saudi Arabia. Sometimes close friends come and ask me, who authorized you to do this translation of the Quran? Because they're accustomed, you don't do anything on your own. You don't have a free will. You don't act freely. 
you always have someone giving you an order to do this, that, or the other. So my answer to them usually is the first amendment of the constitution <laughs> gave me the right to do it. They say, what, what, what's that? Then I'll start explaining yeah. the difference between people who live under a constitution that has liberties for all and those who don't have a constitution. So let me, let me ask you this. Their, their representatives. Let me throw something else in here because this is okay. this we, we're, we're running out of time quickly and I don't want to okay. lose the opportunity for the panels to talk to you or each other. Rainey, when you heard him share, what was your reaction? Because you're you're in like Bible Belt. Like what no, what was it, your reaction? I'm glad I, it's just I was amazed. I wanted to say something. I wanted to comment on what he said. Uh, he, he said that, you know, I, you know, my, basically, I'm paraphrasing, my point of view, I'm not representing, is that not of the majority of Islam or the Muslims, right? Well, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, we here who claim uh, to be, quote, Christians, uh, we don't represent the majority of Christians because of our Trinitarian views. So it's kind of similar in that. Because we, I believe that we're all one in Christ, in God. They we're all one. You know, we say that, especially here in the South, you know, we'll say, uh, if somebody like me will come along and I get it, I think, you know, I got this thing, this Trinitarian thing, and I believe that we're all one in Christ. And then I hear a Muslim say it, and I go, hmm, them too, huh? <laughs> them, them too. That's right. I mean, you know, I'm just being real. Us versus them. Uh, you know, By I mean, the way, guys. A lot of, we have a lot of folks, not just in the South, but a lot in the South, who have like uh, white supremacist militias. Yeah. And what do they use as their base? Christianity. Yeah. They claim to I mean, be. In, they claim to be living straight out of Scripture and yes. all that kind of stuff. And that's bullshit. I mean, excuse me. I mean, that's what it is. It's male bovine scuba. That's what that is. Let, let me mention something that. to you. You're going to be surprised, Mike, to know that I came to the United States in 1969 and I lived all this time in the South. Whoa. All this time. I was older than me. I knew there was something good about you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For 18 years, I lived in New Orleans, by the way. Oh, God, that's not the South. Anyway, yeah, I know, but I mean, it still technically it counts. <laughs> and I, I lived for several years in Birmingham, Alabama. Be nice. Be that nice. Counts. That counts. I'm have a rock's throw from where I sit right now. <laughs> but, you know, but, you're, but I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I don't want that others comment or whatever. <clears throat> but I thought it, I found it fascinating and I felt, I felt, love flowing from from you and then that what it's all about you know whatever it labels we humans come up with all kind of labels you know we come up with you know we label people in wartime so it's easier to kill them <laughs> you know we label we label each other in all kind of ways uh but i think it's fascinating and i think the world the universe or the cosmos is our friend uh, Francois Dutoy likes to say, is uh, it's starting to come together and people are starting to recognize 
more about this oneness in God. Mm-hmm. I really think that's happening. There's a movement going on that there's just more and more people that quote are believing this truth. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to move over to Paul Gray and give you an opportunity, Paul. Hey, I've really enjoyed tonight. I, I want to say speak up louder. Can you hear me now? The closer yes. to the mic is awesome. Thank you. Okay. I, I really enjoyed tonight. I've enjoyed all three of these weeks. And uh, Randy and Catherine, thank you so much for uh, what what you shared earlier. Uh, I And I don't know you yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I know Richard and Bill and the rest of us, and it, it seems to me I, I just was touched by how we're kind of doing the same thing uh, <laughs> that, that Sapi's doing. We're, we're kind of doing the same thing uh, with the Christian religious people deconstructing reconstructing yeah, yeah we're, we're we're in the we're in the same boat and I sense the same sweet spirit the same joy the same peace uh, uh, with with all of you and it's just a gosh uh, it, it's a real surprise tonight I, I don't know why I should be surprised God just keeps doing this all the time but uh, I, I feel like you know we're just all Gosh, we're all one. That, that's kind of a new thought, isn't it? Uh, well, and I, yeah, I just appreciate it all so much. So that's about all I have to say about that. Thank you. We're going to go to Bill Thrasher and then Richard. No, no, I, I, I completely concur. Uh, Catherine and uh, Rainey both gave such wonderful perspectives uh, from such, you know, there's such harmony and they, they were coming from different, different angles. And I think that's the... Uh, the very cool thing, and then we bring Safi in. And, yeah, he uh, messed it all up, eh? He messed it all up. One, one of the things that you guys mentioned that, that just for back, I actually wrote about it this past year. I'll try and keep it super brief, but one of the phrases that, that has become synonymous in America with 9-11 is never forget. And I wrote a, a pretty, you know, <laughs> rebellious <laughs> Uh, uh, writing this year about that because it just was on my spirit. As long as we're holding on to never forget, it's the mm-hmm. same thing you said, Poppy, about going and scrubbing the hearts and trying to give that loving kindness, give that mercy, give that same neighborly uh, a perspective yeah. to one another. I, I, as long as I hold that resentment, even generationally, mm-hmm. we're just prolonging unforgiveness. And it's the one thing holding us back from experiencing the joy and the, the presence of God in our souls. And so um, I, I just appreciated you being very honest and raw with that perspective from your end, but also so, so just such a wonderful perspective on it as well. Thank you. Thank you. Love it. Richard, any comments or heckling or... <coughs> <laughs> uh, well, Safi, I, I'm, I have a question for you. I'm just interested. Yes, and what what would your teaching be on the aspect of forgiveness? You know, there's some Christians who say we're supposed to forgive, but only if we're asked. And, you know, they may take a mm. verse or two, but ignore a ton of others where, where forgiveness is something you give. You, you don't. It's unconditional. I'm just curious. If, if there's an offense between brothers or an offense between uh, believers, what is the duty to forgive but even without being asked or without even any repentance on the side of the, of the person who, who uh, causes the offense? Mm-hmm. The teaching of Muhammad is the one who extend his hand first with forgiveness. 
is the one who gets the greater reward from God on the day of judgment. Uh, keep in mind, whatever yes. Muslims do here on earth, they believe that there is a day of judgment. On a day of judgment, uh, we will have our book of deeds. Everything we've done, everything we thought about, uh, everything we said will be right there. And what God expects from us is that our love to our neighbors, to him and to our neighbors, be greater than anything else we have in that book. And then his, lo his love to us and uh, his forgiveness to us will, will, will play a major role. And then at the end, we'll go to his kingdom with grace. So that's never been told. We've never heard that, ever. That's beautiful. Don't blame me. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't here. Because <laughs> the Christian world has a different lens. But regardless of the differences, there is continuity between the two perspectives that speaks from the heart. Yes. That I think this, that's what the conference is about. Yes. Like Richard began the conference in a discussion as, in, with Bill. And we, we talked about forgiveness being a deeper level than we've never been told. And it turns out so far, most of the speakers that are diving into the deeper, deeper are like clarifying that and confirming mm -hmm. it. And you're alluding to it in the Muslim faith too. And yes. I'm shocked. And well, I love actually, it. actually, Richard, my book is my response to 9-11. Wow. This Some one? People, yeah, and the translation before this one. Okay. Actually, uh, I was I was hurt. So, see, before 9-11, I was living in New Orleans talking about Islam as a religion of love. And suddenly, I saw that years of building this uh, relationship based on love was destroyed as the tower fell down. I, uh, my heart, I mean, I was crying. I was hurt. I was extremely uh, uh, devastated, basically. Now, some, some Muslims reacted by uh, running to their Islamic centers and to their mosque to mm -hmm. have uh, security in numbers and some others disappeared completely. I wanted to teach. I wanted my neighbors who are accusing all Muslims. See, it didn't start with an accusation to all Muslims. First, they said terrorists are, are bad. Then they said, well, the teaching they have from the Quran is bad. Then they said their prophet is teaching them uh, to hate us. Uh, None of that is true. Uh, so, in order, in order to share forgiveness and love with my neighbors, I wanted to share my true faith, what my book truly say about who I am. Hmm. So this is why I did the book in simple English. The book. I'm a strategist by trade. You know, I spend my whole life. Uh, as a as a strategy, so, yeah, so Richard, Rich, Richard's a lawyer. Just a heads okay. up. Okay, well that's fine. So <laughs> no heckling, no heckling, no heckling. Yes. So uh, you know my my strategic response to my neighbors 
to show them how much I love them by presenting them with a book in simple English to, uh, to, uh, to an audience of high school education. You'd find the book written in a high school uh, level English. In fact, I gave the 30 parts of the Quran to 30 high school students yeah. and say, if you find any word that you don't understand and you need to go to the dictionary for it, just mark it with a yellow marker and give it back to me. And then we went and simplified all this to make sure everybody understand. So no one can say, well, I read the Quran, but I didn't understand it. Yeah. This, this, wow. To me, this is my love to them, to, to everybody. Anna's yeah. got a quick question for you, and then we're going to get yes. Catherine. Okay. I was in the military. I was in special ops. As soon as the first plane hit, we started packing up our stuff in school because we knew what was coming next. We absolutely knew what was coming next, and it didn't matter who it was. We knew what was coming next. Within a couple of days, I packed my bags, and I left to places that were letters, but they were all over. And for the past 20 years, that's what I've lived. Wow. Back and forth, back and forth. And I want you to know, for all the brothers and sisters and siblings that I lost in the military, I've never seen you as an enemy because I know what it felt like when the Christian religion hated my children for being gay. And I too tried to tell them, no, that's not what it is. That's not, they don't hate you because of that. That's not the teaching. And as you were talking, I felt that desperate, fr frantic, let me teach you what it really is. And it falls on deaf ears because on the outside, that's not what it is. I never saw any Muslim as an enemy. I saw people that were afraid and had to strike back because they were afraid. And all of that fear going over and over again is responsible for so much. Thank you, Anne. I, I, I really appreciate what you say. I appreciate your words. Thank you. Catherine, you the last word here. I just follow that. Um, I, just feel like, I just feel like God is doing something really beautiful. You know, he is a father who is redeeming and drawing all things to himself. And his primary creation, his kids, there's nothing more important than knitting our hearts together. And I just want to thank you for helping do that. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just want to thank every one of you. It's, it, this is a... It's a team, it's a group effort, and everybody's got their place, and um, yeah, so thank you, everybody, and thank you, Safi. Thank you for being part of this tonight, all of you. Next week is our final week, and 
I have fingers crossed for a special guest who will sneak in for the for the discussion. I won't tell you who because it may not happen. <laughs> Two of you know, but we'll leave that alone. And uh, uh, you're going to be blessed right now with a, a session from Brad Jerzak. This conversation is amazing. Safi, you already know him. You know his heart. I know you're going to love this. If you have time to, you have guests, so you probably can't watch live, but you can go back later. So go back to your family and friends from out of country and enjoy your time. Thank you for taking time to join the panel tonight. It's been an honor. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Oh, my goodness. If you've been watching all along, um, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That was, to me, um, profound. And I hope that you were encouraged by that discussion. And after hearing that, I realized I'm going to try and share some of the other ones, the panel discussions, because I don't think we re-aired them here on Still Growing Grace. Um, but to hear all the lenses and voices, um, I think it's really important to hear that. And maybe the time of year right now is a good time for that, because um, it, it's easy to get distracted with the, the, the now new rush of, of Christmas. And yet we're in the moment of Advent, which is the waiting time the calming down time the anticipation time so anyway i'll uh, uh i'll leave it at that i if you were encouraged by it please comment um because it's you can't read people's minds uh, and how they receive this or if you're encouraged by it but something i will want to encourage everyone to do with whoever you listen to whatever you do do comment um we don't get a lot of encouragement when we're online like this uh, very few people comment. We hardly hear from anyone. Uh, once in a while, we'll hear somebody say, oh, we love listening to this. Well, then let us know. Because when you're speaking to a camera and you see comments on the side and sometimes interact, like Marianne from from uh, Australia, you know, it's Wednesday evening with her right now. Like just commenting there, Becky saying good morning. I see names of people that are watching, but I'm not calling them out because they didn't comment. It's not, I want to keep that private. But I appreciate seeing that. But, man, we got to learn to encourage each other better. We need to say thank you to those. And the panel that just spoke, I am deeply grateful for. Um, and there's more. So uh, I'm going to share the other panels. And this, is, this has actually been quite motivating uh, for me in light of having a conference plan kind of go down the, you know, the, down the tubes for me. Um, but this, is, this was encouraging today just to re-listen and go, okay, now I'm being reminded of, what I love to do, what I think I'm good at, you know, I like to be an encouragement. I like to bring people together to help clarify good news. Uh, just like Safi, he was trying to clarify uh, a re-messaging of how the Quran has been misunderstood, even amongst Muslims. And then Rainey said this perfectly. You know, it's just like the learning this Trinitarian union message of, of Christ in us and we are in Christ. The Western church doesn't get that either, but yet we're all called Christian. So maybe our judgments of how we judge Muslims and other faiths, we got to kind of chill with that a little bit and realize, hang on, this is about relationship now. Now we need to find ways to ask questions and have better conversations. So I hope you enjoyed that. I look forward to next week's. So I'll go find the other videos and see which ones. I think we have a total of of three panel discussions. I'll look it all up. I can't remember it all. But um, I, hope you, I hope you enjoyed that and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks. 
Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.